Welcome. Along with me. Oh, no! Oh, my God, I shot my eye out. These guys are 11. Reading Starfighter. Hasta la vista, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel, and I'm Josh. And this week we're talking Robin Hood, and there were approximately 672 Robin Hood movies made, but for some reason we watched these two <laughs> because it'll hurt more, you twit. Ah, ah, that at least yeah, that's appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Relevant. Joel made a relevant comment. There were no okay. goddamn furries, at least. Uh, true. Yeah, so this week we're doing Robin Hood. We're going from uh, 1991, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, to 2018, Robin Hood. Yeah. There will be comments. There will be opinions, I'm believing, on this. Lay your money on it now, folks. I was going to say, put your money on Pat. It's probably just an easy bet. So who picked these two movies and why, first of all? Why these? Because we were... Before we get into anything, who picked these two and why did they pick these two? Well, this is, the 2018 is the newest Robin Hood. And, like, it did not look very good from the trailers, but it's the newest one. And Prince of Thieves is an obvious inspiration for this one. And it's probably the biggest budget, most famous one in our time period. So... While there are opinions about this, like, I probably am most directly responsible for this topic. And while I, I yeah, I don't want to spoil all of our opinions about this. But, yeah. Yeah. Josh taking it, the bullet. It, it's a thing we watched. Yeah, so if uh, it is. you think this is a terrible idea and think there's something else we should do, Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. You can also join the conversation on our Discord while Discord is still around. And uh, click the Join Us link or copy-paste it over in the the show notes and join the convo. What was the the topics this week? Uh, We're talking a lot about drinks. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, we got into a lot of drink conversations, Josh and I. Yeah. Had a lot of spoiler discussions on uh, Boba Fett and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh yeah, as well. Oh yeah, the, the, the debate of, of chronological or or release date for Marvel that was a big topic. Yes. Hmm. So yeah, or, join, join us on Discord. Shuffle, I think, was Sarah's suggestion. Just do shuffle. <laughs> Start off with the with Endgame. Oops. <laughs> Just. <laughs> How do they how do they make all these movies when everybody's dead? Who are all these people? <laughs> then go to the Incredible Hulk, <laughs> which is still the hardest one to find online. Indeed, the Ang Lee one, or no, no not the Hulk. one that's actually MCU technically. Yeah. Oh, the Norton, the one. Ed, yeah, Ed yep. Norton one. Hey Norton, <laughs> look at my cute in them purple shorts. Do we have any voicemails? Oh, I sure hope not. Damn it. Okay. I know that's my typical answer, but I'm for some reason I'm consistently surprised by the question. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, go with no. So we'll skip on to the question of the week. We are not. The last one was New Year's Eve from Nenem Laws. Oh, okay. Question of the week. What is your signature dish if you are impressing somebody? Or if you're trying to impress somebody? Huh. Oh, this is a good question. Was this one signed? 
No. Oh, that's a shame. Whoever, this is a good question. I think we got through all the signed ones on episode mm. 400. Yeah, we did. You're right. Oh, man. I got to think about this. For I mean, a hot it really, it, okay, I'll start off then. Uh, it really okay. depends on how I'm trying to impress or who or why. You know, like if it's like a, like it just a, I'm trying to impress another person who knows how to cook, I'll make something like, uh, that's a little bit harder to cook, something like a beef Wellington or a, um, or even, you know, like a shepherd's pie, something like that. If it's somebody that just, I'm trying to show them, you know, great, good, you know, good, good old fashioned comfort food, it'd probably be like my either fried chicken or chicken fried steak recipe. And if I'm just trying to make like just something that, that is like one of my best things that I make, it'd probably like either be my, my chili or, uh, or probably my, uh, pasta bolognese, something like that. I usually just cook in the nude. Nobody's impressed by that. I, it is when you're frying bacon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was a good set. <laughs> yeah, I like how Joel uh, threw that one underhanded over the plate for you. I know. <laughs> That's keep, how it, keep it up, Joel. I'm feeling tired tonight. See, while my uh, best-known recipe among those who have tasted my cooking is probably my chili, it's not necessarily the one I'd want to go with if I wanted to impress. And the one I would cook if I wanted to impress technically isn't my recipe. It comes from the Blues Highways cookbook. It's the uh, jambalaya. Hmm. It's the same recipe that was cooked at Buddy Guy's Legends for years before the executive chef went on to start a whiskey distillery. I bought his cookbook uh, before he left Buddy Guy's Legends, and that is my jambalaya with very, very small modifications. Huh. Um well, I always I always make my own homemade ranch. Uh, that usually is is a, a hit, but um, uh, either like fresh made bagels um, are are kind of an attention getter. But um, my cheesy chicken noodle casserole is is a good, nice uh, winter's day kind of sitting around in your pajamas watching movies sort of food. That's delicious. Mm. I, I got to say, if you do the full, like, boil and then bake the bagels, like, the traditional yep. way, and they come out chewy, that would impress me more than a casserole. It's just, it's such a pain in the ass. But they're so good. Ugh. But, yeah, giant pain. Yes, I do boil them and I bake them. Nice. Hmm. So, Mike, aside from cooking bacon in the nude, you, you're a good cooker. Come on, man. What you got? Uh, if I really want to impress somebody, I'll pull out one of the old school Polish uh, recipes oh. like like pull a do a gawumki, uh <laughs> which is or the which is the 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 cabbage rolls or a, making homemade pierogies. Oh yeah, that uh, is impressive. That is a roll up the sleeves because mainly because there's a lot of. Do you just like that word, Joel? <laughs> I thought you were like quoting a Shel Silverstein book. You're like gawumkis. <laughs> no, it's an actual thing. Um. I also to... I also forgot about obviously steak. My steak rub is legendary, so I make. Yeah. Very oh yeah, when you rub my steak. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! I love don't, don't laugh at that. You only encourage him. I know. I know. I'm sorry. This uh, Christmas, Sarah got me a snack box uh, subscription that comes once a month, and it's from snacks from all around the world. And I normally can't eat them unless I'm on a cheat day or off of the diet. But uh, this month's was actually from Poland. Oh, what'd you, what'd you get? Uh, there was all sorts of crazy stuff. There was it's one just thing a big was, potato. <laughs> one oh. was 
basically Pocky, but the sticks were gingerbread. Okay. Wow. That was yes. there was a potato snack where they all looked like happy little ghosts. You know, oh. a ra- random little thing is I, that's like the only way other than Chinese food. That's the only way that I like ginger is in gingerbread. Huh. Really? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's funny because I I love ginger. I just actually just bought um, ginger spread for my toast in the morning. Yeah, pickled sushi ginger. I will eat it like whether it's with sushi or not. I'm I'm a ginger fiend. Yeah, see, I don't the like same that. Way. I don't like candied ginger. I don't like oh. ginger beer or ginger in my you know ginger ale. I don't like any of that. Yeah. Huh. No, I like Moscow ginger in my mules. No. Nope, ahead. not a fan of Moscow mules. No, really? Not at all. I was just saying I like ginger in my food, but yeah, like when we're eating sushi, Laura's always Laura always takes takes my ginger because I just I can't eat it. Is that, like is that, that code for something? No, <laughs> sounds like it should be. Now, now, if I really want to, she takes his ginger and his pudding cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's just high school. They took my pudding cup. Um, you guys still I... owe me pudding cups, bitches. Yeah, you're gonna get your pudding cup. Now uh, I want a pudding cup. Have or make um. I've only ever done it once, but make a chadnina. Which, what? Chadnina, which is Polish uh, duck blood soup. Ooh. Which is, if you're, if you're really, oh, you're making soup? Yes, what's this? What's I'm making the blending the tomatoes? Oh, okay, what do you use? Oh, what's that? That's blood. That's and, coagulated blood. Yeah. Mm, okay. No, no, no further questions. Yeah. <laughs> so no. there's actually blood in it then? There's actually blood in it. Okay, because there's a soup. That my ex used to make that's called seal's blood soup. There's no blood in it. That's just what it's called. And I never wanted to eat it because it just grossed me out the name. Now you have one that actually has blood in it, and I'm just as grossed out. Yeah. No, it's actual. Uh, it looks like tomato pass. soup. Um, You can use. It tastes like car keys. <laughs> kind of. It's kind of like imagine if somebody put pennies in your tomato soup. That's kind of what it tastes like. Um, But no, it's uh, made with um duck. It. It's really good. I mean, it's a really hearty soup. But uh, yeah, it's uh, put it with some of the kluski noodles and some dumplings, like the drop dumplings. Yeah, I like a good dumpling. But yeah, that's those, a good question. But the thing is, the fresh ha- the, the the blood has to has to be fresh. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> squeeze the duck fresh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put it into a duck juicer. <laughs> 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 Make sure to take the bill off first. It really, it really mm. fucks up the, the works. That's worse than eggshells in your omelet. <laughs> shit. <laughs> we don't get on with this. We're going to talk about this shit all night. Yes, so we it's are. It's about that time. It is about that time. Thank God. Great question. Music. Movies. And TV. And ducks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The date for this week is June 14th, 1991, the release of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Rapat. <laughs> All right. So music. Sorry, that's the acronym that's there. It says R-H-P-O-T, I'm... and I keep reading it as Rapat. So the number one song in the land was Rush Rush by Paula Abdul, which knocked off the superior more than words by extreme. Little editorializing there, but I don't disagree. <laughs> yep. Dude, Extreme was my band in I high yeah, school. I don't I don't I don't think that's a controversial opinion. No, not at all. I I'm saw them you. live. What? Good show. Of course you did. Extreme the Hell yeah. version? Yeah. That was one of my nice. first concerts. Rush, rush. Why don't yeah. 
Rush. You don't know Rush Rush? I I, I keep looking at Very the name. Very lover come to me. No, I, I, I every time I look at it, I, all I hear is Rush Rush. I think I hear you calling my name now, Rush <laughs> Rush. That's Hush. I know. <laughs> That's how much I don't know that song. It's more of a ballad. Yeah, thing. I think if you heard it, you'd probably Just know it. Rush it good. Jesus. Oh, you're going a different way. Uh, Moving on. Natalie Cole released Unforgettable with Love on June 11th, covering her father's standards, including a virtual duet of the title track. It won six Grammy Awards, including 1992's Album of the Year. I remember this being a huge fiasco when it came out. Well, yeah, I mean, there were... The, there were the ethical questions about because he was dead, but it was okay because he was her father and everyone liked the song. But yeah, there were people like asking, is this okay? Yeah, that and the when, um, uh, what's his name was dancing with the broom in the commercial. That was the other thing I remember. Oh, yeah. Gene Fred Kelly. Astaire. Gene, yeah, Fred Astaire dancing with was the broom. Was it Astaire? It was Astaire, Gene yeah. Right. Well,. Kenny G did the same thing that Natalie Cole did. He did a duet with Stan Getz. Talk about people getting pissed off. I mean, that's not even family. It's one thing when you're doing it with your, you know, your father, but well, that's the only time you could really say make that statement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And finally, the single "Everything I Do, I Do It For You" from the soundtrack of Repot was released by Brian <laughs> Adams. It went on to win Billboard's Song of the Year for 1991. Everything I do, I do it to you. I mean, as cheesy as it is looking back, that song was an absolute banger of like a romantic ballad oh, in yeah. the early 90s. I know that was one I personally like. I not only learned fairly well, but uh, while it didn't come together, I was asked to sing it at my brother's wedding. Ooh. And by the way, we're both wrong. It was Fred Astaire for in the Dirt Devil ad. That's, That's what, what I said. said. That's what they said. Oh, I yeah. thought you said. Never mind. You said Gene <laughs> Kelly. No, I knew I said Gene Kelly. I thought you guys were saying somebody else. I was thinking you said Frank Sinatra. I mean, they yeah. said Broom rather than Dirt Devil, but I wasn't going to be a pet answer. No, I literally just thought that in my head that they said Frank Sinatra. And I was like, that can't be right. This is a show, folks. When Pat started really going over the board. So you're pedantic and wrong. Yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. 100% both, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, well, you know, just go ahead and cut that out. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> That's uh-huh. not happening. That's not yeah, happening. Yeah, I know this. I know. Yeah, I don't do the editing anymore. But I, in my days of editing, I've been right on the floor and it's gone. Like... <laughs> all right, moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which knocked off City Slickers. That's a good set right there. It is, although City Slickers, to me, was super funny the first time I saw it and did not age well with repeat viewings. Yeah, every viewing, it gets less funny. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm not alone in that. No. I I I watched it, it, I think, three times now, and the last time I saw it, I was like, I don't think I want to watch this ever again. I don't remember seeing it more than once. That's well, like one time, it was, the second time I watched it, it was on in a hotel, and I just kind of left it on while I was doing whatever. and. Huh? You know, and then and then the third time, like, was was a legitimate, like, you know what? Maybe I should watch this again and pay attention. And I'm just like, yeah, don't want to do that again. Yeah. Hmm. The first time, though, Chef's Kiss. Second time, not so much. All right. Other movies released this week included Bright Angel, 
and the acronym of the week, K2TRB, which I'm pretty sure stands for Kardashians 2, those rubber boobs. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's accurate. But no, incorrect. That is actually Kickboxer 2, the road back. Kickboxer 2. I didn't even know there was a Kickboxer 1. Oh, yeah, there was. What do you mean you didn't know there was a Kickboxer 1? Is that the one with Jeff Speakman? No. No. Okay, then, Who the yeah, hell is Jeff so. Speakman? He was a flash-in-the-pan action star from the 90s. Yes, true. Who was in Kickboxer? Oh, I've never even heard of it. I've was, heard of Kick uh, Puncher. wasn't Michael Dudikoff. No, Michael Dudikoff was uh, American Ninja. Yes. Uh, Kickboxer film franchise. That was a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, yeah. I was... Pretty hmm. sure it was uh, Van Damme, but not enough to say that without Googling it. Same. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, Kick Puncher, totally different thing. That's Derek Mears. I can tell you that one. I don't know if you're screwing with us or not. Did you never watch Community? Oh, I didn't get yeah. that far. Oh. Kick Puncher is the, oh. they're, they're one of their running action movie jokes. Yeah, yeah. it gets referenced several His times. punches have the power of kicks. And All Derek right. Mears plays the kick puncher. All right, then. Moving on to TV. Top shows in the land were 60 Minutes, Roseanne, Murphy Brown, and Home Improvement. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not a new one. Yeah. Also, the final episode of David Lynch's Twin Peaks aired on June 10th. And all over the country, water cooler conversation was, what? Well, I mean... <laughs> A lot of people were kind of over Twin Peaks by the end of the second season because midway through the second season, they made them answer the question of who killed Laura Palmer when mm-hmm. David Lynch didn't want them to. Uh, one of these days, we'll eventually do the Twin Peaks show. Yes. But like Twin Peaks The Return, Joel and I have seen it, and it's not an easy watch. Patrick will hate it, and Mike will be confused. Well, I, I agree remember with all of those statements. When I already I- hate it. I remember I went around this time, I ran to the video store, and I saw, I'd watched some Twin Peaks, and then I saw Firewalk with me at the video store, and I rented it. I remember the oh, no. lady behind the counter was like, y- you renting this, Mike? I'm like, yeah. You know anything about this? No. All right, well, let me know when you come back. And we just, I brought it back, and we just kind of stared at each other for a little while, and she was like, yeah, that's pretty much it, so... <laughs> Yeah, and the sequel series is more like Firewalk With Me than it is like the original series. Oh. So, I mean, I, I, I dig the whole franchise, but Agreed. it's the reason why, despite the fact it's a major piece of media for me, that I haven't pushed us to do the show yet because I know that it will just enrage Patrick. And I, I'm not sure you're going to like it either, Mike. It may <laughs> be the end of the show. Maybe not that far. Right. But, you know, sometimes I still see Bob hiding behind the bed. Fucking Bob. All right. So, Willa, Joanna, Chance, Holland. Born June 18th as American actress and model. She is known for her roles as Caitlin Cooper in The O.C. and Agnes Andrews in Gossip Girl. She was also in Kingdom Hearts and Arrow. Gossip Girl is one of those shows that I'm convinced that if I could carve out a piece of my life to watch it, I would probably actually like, but I've never done that. I know that there's a lot of 
controversy, for lack of a better term, on the remake or the the ending. And it was a huge show, and the clips I've seen of it online, I've liked. But I just there's too much entertainment that I'm not watching that I'm legitimately into to watch Gossip Girl. Yeah. So moving on, Joe Hamilton, television actor and producer whose credits included The Carol Burnett Show and Mama's Family, died June 9th. The former husband of Carol Burnett, he wrote Burnett's famous theme song, which she sang to end her show each week, which was, I'm so glad we had this time together. I got to tell you, the some of my favorite things to rewatch is Harvey Corman losing his shit when, um, what's his name? Tim Conway. Tim Conway goes totally off script. Yeah. That is probably the only reason people watch that show is to watch Tim Conway just screw with people. Well, that was the only reason they even made the show was just to try to make each other break character, basically. Yeah. Yeah, these shows were a big part of my childhood because my mom was super into them. And I kind of was over it. But I think if I gave it another chance as an adult, I would probably find it funny. I think you would. I think you would. I mean, it's very it's very vaudevillian. Mama's family gets gets old really fast, but the Carol Burnett show, since it's a you know sketch comedy vignette, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty damn funny. Agreed, and I but I enjoyed Mama. Mama's family is kind of like like comfort food. Like if you're just hanging out and there was nothing else to do, you could put it on, and it was just kind of like eating a bowl of macaroni and cheese on, on USA in the background. But it's Why also it just one of those, one of those like it's, it's like an SNL skit show. That's just it's just a one note joke that's just stretched out yes. too far. Uh-huh. That's what I mean, though. You know, it's like you know what you're going to get, and sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you don't want to have to think about things, or you don't want to have to, you know, be invested. You just kind of want to sit there and check out for a half an hour, and you knew exactly what you were going to get. And what week. you were going to get is a half hour version of those sweaters your grandma wore with the angry old lady with the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How okay. do you know my grandma? Mar- Marlene? Knows. Is that her name? Okay, I'm glad someone else got the reference. There's going to be yeah. people who are in our international community who are going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. yeah. That oh, got popular at the Hallmark stores. She's yeah. just, oh, so sassy. Just mm. And everybody's grandma loved that character. Mm-hmm. And that's what Mama's family felt like to me. Like, was a half-hour version of that character. That greeting card? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, to end it all up, not to on a non bad note, uh, the Carol Burnett show very enjoyable. Yeah. All right, moving on to sports. On June twelfth, in the NBA Finals, the Chicago Bulls beat the LA Lakers one hundred eight one hundred one in Game Five. It was the first of three straight titles for the Bulls, and the MVP was Michael Jordan in his first NBA Finals appearance. This was also Magic Johnson's last Finals and the last Finals for the Lakers until the year two thousand. The series would mark the end of the Lakers' Showtime era and the beginning of the Chicago Bulls dynasty. Whoop, whoop. This would also be the start of when I was super into basketball. Like, when you met me, I was actually into sports, but specifically basketball. And, like, once you got to the end of the Rockets and Bulls dynasties, I was kind of done. I think I've told this story before, but remember watching that game and it was at the very end of the game. My father got up because it was neck and neck, and they were down by two, down by one at the very end of it. 
He's like, ah, they lost it. He goes into the kitchen, and that's when, as soon as he stepped out of view of the TV, that's when Paxson went up for that three-point shot. <laughs> and then everything went nuts, and my dad's in the kitchen just going, God damn it! <laughs> Thank you, Carl, for taking one for the team. I mean, in the 90s, you could not walk away from the game when the Bulls were down by two because Jordan did that routinely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was such an amazing thing that when he passed, he actually passed the ball to somebody else to yep. win the game, yeah. All right, moving on. On June 16th, Otis Nixon recorded six stolen bases in a 7-6 to loss to the Montreal Expos. This set the modern National League record and tied the Major League mark set by Philadelphia's Eddie Collins back in 1912. Wow. By the time he hits number three, you know what the fuck he's up to. Right? You still can't <laughs> stop him. <laughs> yeah, so Eddie Collins was not happy. <laughs> thank, thank you, Joel. That's going to yeah, do it for sports. And yep. for the tweet, play us off. Keyboard, Joel. All right. So Robin Hood, a legendary classic uh, hero, thief, spoken of in hushed tones and poems and all that. Uh, We were going over Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves in 1991. So a little bit of history on this. So the earliest ballad that they have found of Robin Hood is called Robin Hood and the Monk from the 15th century and they written after 1450 and they currently have it preserved at Cambridge. Huh. Yeah. It wow. still has many of the elements uh, located, you know, from the legend and being in Nottingham, you know, between Robin and the sheriff. Uh, the first printed version that they have found is a guest of Robin Hood, uh, R-O-B-Y-N-H-O-D-E, circa 1500s, a collection of separate stories uh, that kind of unites the Robin Hood mythos altogether. Um, Then there's Robin Hood and the Potter, which is from 1503. And apparently the Potter is different in tone from the Monk, where there's the Robin Hood and the Monk is more like a, a thriller type of one. And the latter one is more of uh, involving trickery and clever uh, cunning and that sort of thing than force. So Robin Hood, the legend, has been around for a while, is what I was getting at with that. Some brief history of Robin Hood in film. 1908 was the first filmed Robin Hood movie, directed by Percy Stowe, and it was a silent film, obviously. 1922... A silent Robin Hood film came out starring Douglas Fairbanks Sr. Wow. Yeah. Now, the one that we all know and love, well, I don't know. I love it. Uh, I love it. 1938, Adventures of Robin Hood starring Errol Flynn, basically putting him in as the archetype of Robin Hood for probably the next 70 years. For sure. Uh, It has Olivia de Havilland as Maid Marian, Eugene Pellet as Friar Tuck. Uh, Alan Hale Sr. as Little John, an amazing Basil Rathbone as Guy as Gidborn, Claude Rains as Prince John. I mean, just a star-studded Melville Cooper as a Sheriff of Nottingham. Many people believe this to be the best of the Robin Hood movies. 
just, I mean, you've got everything. You've got the swinging from the ropes. You've got the sword fights. You've got, I mean, it's, it is the Set archetype. The for the swashbuckling Robin Hood. Basically. Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, the other one that we all know and love, 1973 Robin Hood, Walt Disney production, uh, with Robin Hood and Maine Mary and his foxes and awoken the furry. And some of you, you know who wait you for are. Me, mommy, wait for me. Of course I know movie. him. He's me. <laughs> yeah. uh, nine, I know we're talking 1991. We're also talking 1993. Mel Brooks decided that he was going to step into the Robin Hood ring and did Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, that starred Carrie Ills as Robin, uh, Richard Lewis as Prince John, Roger Rees as the Sheriff of Nottingham, Amy Yazbeck as Marion, and Patrick Stewart appears in the end. Uh, spoofing something that we're going to talk about later. Now, this is actually kind of based off of a show that Mel Brooks did for a very short time. Uh, God, what was the name of it? It was... Crap, like I had a, a stage show? Or no, 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 it was a TV show. Oh. Hmm. I, I didn't know he had a TV show. Yeah, it was kind of, they, they ripped up when things were rotten. That's what it was called. It was a Mel Brooks TV I don't show. I that at all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've, I recall seeing it once. Dick Gautier as uh, Robin Hood. Dick Van Patten as Friar Tuck. <laughs> um, I know, right? <laughs> Ron Rifkin as Prince John. I mean, it's... What? Yeah. Yeah, it, 1975. Steve Landsberg as a narrator. Uh, the guy, that real soft-spoken yeah. guy from um, Harry, uh, not Harry, the cop show. Doom, doo, doo, Barney doom. Miller. Barney Miller, yeah. yeah. I, I could see his face, but I couldn't think of the name of the damn show. And Ron Glass as the, as the Black Knight. Oh, another wow. Barney Miller. Yeah. The other uh, kind of Robin Hood adjacent thing that when Sarah and I were going through other things suggested if you're watching Robin Hood on the Fire TV was the uh, Rat Pack Robin and the Seven Hoods. Yeah, that's now, fun. I, the reason I mention it is it's not only got your classic Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy Davis Jr., but it's also got Peter Falk, Edward G. Robinson, and Tony Randall. And it was the origination of the song my kind of town mm -hmm. wow. you know chicago my kind of town was written for robin and the seven hoods because it is a take uh off on robin hood but set in uh prohibition era chicago yep i did not know that that's fascinating yeah it's a great movie it's a lot of fun to watch yeah, like if we'd had time last night, we would have watched it after we watched one of the shows. Uh, we watched the new one last night for this show. Cool. <sighs> All right, so Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, 91. It's a little bit of a summary here. After being captured by Turks during the Crusades, Robin of Loxley and Amour, Azim, escape back to England, where Azim vows to remain until he repays Robin for saving his life. Meanwhile, Robin's father, a nobleman loyal to King Richard the Lionheart, has been murdered by the brutal sheriff of Nottingham, who helped install Richard's treacherous brother, Prince John, as king, while Richard is overseas fighting the Crusades. 
When Robin returns home, he vows to avenge his father's death and restore Richard to the throne. Even though Maid Marian, his childhood friend, cannot help him, he escapes to the forest of Sherwood, where he joins a band of exiled villagers and becomes their leader. With their help, he attempts to cleanse the land of the evil that the sheriff has spread. Now, I'd like to say that that was the IMDb commentary on there, but that was done by uh, Graham Roy, who's from the UK. I don't know who you are, Graham, but that is so much better than uh, what does IMDb have? Robin Hood decides to fight back as an outlaw when faced with the tyranny of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, thanks, IMDb. Wonderful job there. So looking back, uh, Rotten Tomatoes puts the original, this Prince of Thieves, at a rating of 51% from critics, 72 audience. Just wanted to set our baseline. <clears throat> that sounds that sounds right. Because it was yeah. pretty 50-50 when it was out. I remember people saying, but I remember a majority of people were like, eh, it was all right when I... Well, like it was a, like your classic early 90s blockbuster sort of movie and while it was cheesy as fuck it was cheesy in a very 1991 sort of way so i kind of had this like yeah some of the acting's not great but i almost felt like they didn't know any better this was just how pg-13 movies were made in 1991 oh yeah of course robin hood has a mullet why wouldn't he (laughs) they knew better (laughs) so this is directed by kevin reynolds who did The Count of Monte Cristo, Waterworld, and an episode of Amazing Stories called You Gotta Believe Me, which is kind of weird because I looked at the summary of that one. It's kind of like Donnie Darko where somebody sees into the future and knows that a jet plane is going to crash into the house what? and they're trying to stop it type of thing. Hmm. Huh. Yeah, That's I know. That's crazy. So uh, it was also written by Penn Desham, who did something called Taking Liberty. Mm-hmm. Uh, a gnome named Norm, larger than life, and uh, some episodes of the Magnificent Seven TV series. Isn't this like the second time a gnome named Norm has come up in like the last two or three weeks? Right. Yes. Okay. I blame Joel. Yeah. What? I, I what? Okay. You, you started it. So uh, John Watson. Uh, is also known for the all the stuff I've just mentioned, and currently Jack and Lou, a gangster love story, which is a podcast series. Which I don't eh, know. Forget you, about it. I don't know. You could have podcast series in your IMDb, which means we can <gasps> we could put our IMDb. We're going to get an IMDb page, yeah, <gasps> someday. Well, oh. no, not really. So, oh. Anyway, this stars A1, Kevin Costner as Robin of Loxley, Morgan Freeman as Azim, mm-hmm. Mary Elizabeth Maranchino as Marion. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of prefer you just going straight for Maranchino instead of just massacring her name. I, just, I, thought, I put a lot of thought into that one. I really did. I appreciate that. Christian Slater as Will Scarlet, Alan Rickman, chewing up all the scenery as the Sheriff of Nottingham, Geraldine McEwen as Mortiana, also uh, Michael McShane as Friar Tuck. FDR. Right. Bri- <laughs> what? From Seinfeld. Oh. He's FDR. See, I remembered him from Whose Line? Ah, good call. Yeah. yeah. And for the life of me, when he sh- when Brian Blessed showed up and died in the beginning, I was like, well, who's going to play Friar Tuck? 
Because in my mind, I knew Brian Blessed was in it, and who else would Brian Blessed play except for Friar Tuck? But then I totally forgot about Michael Machane. Uh, Michael Wincott is guy of, as Guy of Gisborne. Bang, fuck, I'm dead. Yep. Right. Nick Brimble is Little John, and Sue Druitt as the Indestructible Fanny. <laughs> Isn't that, that Josh's nickname? <laughs> the Indestructible Fanny. <laughs> Oh, it gets destroyed. It just regenerates. I was going to say, I'm watching this, and I'm like, all right, hang on, hang on, hang on. This woman just had a C-section done in a, a straw hut with a dagger not a month ago. And now she's climbing walls, firing arrows. And it's like, this woman is, is, probably, is probably still around. So... Some trivia on this one. Alan Rickman turned down the role of the sheriff twice before he was told he could more or less have carte blanche with his interpretation of the character. So I uh, read a little bit. Well, actually, I, a little bit more about this coming up in some more of the trivia. So Carrie Ulls was offered the role of Robin Hood, but turned it down because he thought the plot was too, con- too contrived. He did, however, uh, give the thumbs up to playing Robin Hood and Men in Tights in a couple years later. Huh. Huh. So, yeah. Ellen Rickman's famous line of Loxley, I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon, was an improvisation. He found his character's dialogue to be bland and one-dimensional, so was always looking at ways to make it more interesting and amusing. Interestingly, Costner does not break character during the scene, despite the improvisation, and the inclusion of it resulted in another scene being expanded to explain the spoon reference. See, that's the advantage of never acting, is you can't break character. I was going to say, uh, Costner was trying so hard just to like say his lines that he didn't even notice. Well, from what I understand... He's that, a robot? Yeah, pretty much. But Rickman yeah. was like this... The script is shit. I will only do this movie if you let me do what I want with the sheriff, which is why you get this other one. Uh, the line of him telling two wenches, you, my room, 1030 night. You, my room, 1045 and bring a friend. That was also devised by Alan Rickman and a couple of his friends, a comedian Ruby Wax and playwright Peter Barnes. Uh, he had actually enlisted their help in spicing up his dialogue because he felt the script was terrible. Kevin Reynolds, the director, enabled these script alterations by not informing the producers or screenwriters or anyone in the crew. Rickman has said in interviews years later that he knew that the new lines were having the desired effect when during takes he noticed that the crew members were covering up their mouths and trying not to laugh. That's fair. Mm-hmm. They could have easily named this one Sheriff of Nottingham with Robin Hood. Man in tights. Yeah. I, I'm looking at Michael Wincott's uh, career because I was like, holy shit, it's that guy again. And, like, I always enjoy seeing him in movies, but I'm not sure he's a good actor, like, at all. He's a character oh, he's actor. Not. He's not. No. He's not a good actor. No. He's 100% a character actor. Yeah, but, I mean, he is, he's not even really very good at that. He's a guy role-playing Gary Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like... What you see here? Get the fuck out. Oh, wait, it's funk? Hold on, let me re-record that. <laughs> but, like, I like the, a lot of the movies he's in. Like, he's in Strange Days, he's in Along Came a Spider, he's in The Crow, he's in Dead Man, but he's always pretty much playing this dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
the guy, the voice of the guy who smokes too much, and he's always the villain. Yeah, yeah I can't see him like his romantic lead. No, but the guy does what he does, and he does it well. I mean, Brian. I mean, the outside of character actor Brian Blessed, just friggin' amazing in the very beginning of the movie. Just to have him, him, any movie that has Brian Blessed doing a war cry, I'm a hundred percent in. Whether it's the Hawkman dive or him screaming at the sheriff of Nottingham in the very beginning of this, it's just wonderful stuff. So we should probably ask, is this first viewing for anybody? I'm going to guess not. Oh, hell no. I saw this at the theater. Ditto. I probably did too. Yeah. Same. At that point, I think we were all probably still going to the theaters pretty regularly. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember buying the Robin Hood uh, Prince of Thieves NES game. What? Yeah, it yeah. was it was actually very good. It was overlooked because it was at the very very end of life for the NES because uh, the Super NES was already on the market. But it was actually a f- really serviceable like action RPG, and it uh, they were really pushing the hardware as far as it would go. It actually had like digitized images of the licensed actors, uh, but is one of those forgotten gems. Because most people had already moved on to the SNES by '91, I didn't even know it existed. Oh yeah, and it and Josh is 100 percent right. It's it is much better than it deserves to be. Huh. Yeah. I will say on the soundtrack side of things, the uh, the music in this, I had I've heard those trumpets that da 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 that they play in the very beginning. So many times, but I had never recognized that it was from this movie. This was the originator. I of it? I think so. Hmm. I don't. I mean, it. It's they play it in the opening credits. They play it in the very beginning of the movie, or, and while he's escaping multiple times. So I'm assuming that's what this is from. I, as we kind of hinted at just a little bit ago with our discussion. I don't like Kevin Costner. I think the only film I've enjoyed of his, uh, well, maybe I should say that I enjoyed his portrayal in was The War. I think it might be the only one that I liked. Uh, and yes, I know Field of Dreams is on there and some Did other you stuff. Did you see Mr. Smith? I have not seen Mr. Smith, no. He was actually, that was actually pretty good. That but, was, that, uh, I, if I had to pick a Kevin Costner role that I enjoyed, that was probably it. It's been recommended to me. Um I just I feel like he can't act his way out of a fucking paper bag, even if it's completely wet and already pre-torn. Right. I put him in the same category as Keanu Reeves, honestly. Just a bad actor that happens to be in good movies. See, you're looking at it. You're looking at it wrong, Joel. It's not so much that he's an actor. Kevin Costner is like he's like the tofu of actors. <laughs> he's not there for the actual meal he's just bringing the flavor of what the meal is around so he's not there because he's going to play a good robin hood he's there to just get that flavor of robin hood into your mouth he's like yeah, he's, not, he's not gonna denzel your roll up he's just going to deliver the roll as put on paper Ugh. i just uh i mean this movie has a lot of problems anyway but that just added to it because he's not an action star He's not an actor. 
He can't maintain a accent to save his fucking life. Oh, he's not, he's he not was... good in comedy. I mean, he's he, he's a, it, like even Bull Durham, like his comedic lines were not really delivered that well. I mean, he was pretty good in Hidden well. Figures. Never I knew there that. was I knew there was something I'd seen him in in the last few years, and I couldn't remember what it was. He was really good in Hidden Figures. My mom liked that movie, but I haven't I haven't seen it. Hidden Figures. What is that? That is the one about the uh, uh, all the black women that originally. Were oh, the, the NASA one. Yeah, about yeah. yeah the space program. Okay, and he he was like the supervisor uh, that like got the lead character in on the project, and uh, he actually like I, I normally agree with Joel, but I remembered in the way back of my brain that there was something I'd seen him in in the last few years that I thought he was actually legitimately good in, and it was this. Hmm. He he just is, was so big, especially at this point, and I know so many moms at the time were just like, oh, my gosh, Kevin Costner's so hot. And I'm just like, okay. You know, it just it doesn't. Why are you talking like that? Because I was younger, oh. and there were moms, and now I'm an adult, and I've got a manly voice. Okay. So, you know, uh, and so maybe, maybe that's part of it is, is, but I mean, the cast on this is, is great overall. It just is such a bad movie. Like I saw it in the theater and I was like, meh, whatever. But watching it again, I just, I couldn't get over how like just the script, the action, the acting, the hair. I don't even like think it's like bad enough to be considered bad. It's just it's just kind of boring and there. It's just kind of it's it's mm. like it's not even like bad enough to justify like hating it. It's just kind of well, like I don't movie know. by committee kind of thing. I yes. had a lot of fun with this movie. I really I'm, enjoyed it. I'm with Mike on this. Like I can't ag- disagree with uh, the two of you that are saying it's not a good movie. But it is so 1991 blockbuster, but that I had fun with it. Yeah, it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. Uh, I don't know that I had fun. I well, mean, even Alan Rickman, who I love, I just I couldn't get past the hair and just he felt like he wasn't having a good time. I think maybe Michael McShane might have been the best part of it. Um, and even then, you know, uh, I don't know. And it wasn't it wasn't fun for Costner at any and no at no moment when Costner was on screen was I going wow this is a fun movie now when um what's his name Nick Brimble Little John yes was on Little John was the best you know the the fight in the water I mean just past that him and well, why, why, his beard looked looked so fake was it real I mean his all his facial hair looked very I don't know Jack like <laughs> it was That's CGI a, that's a weird take. Yeah, I mean, it's right. It just I don't weird, know. I just, weird hill just, to die on, but okay. No, every every just every time he appeared on screen, it just kind of like took. I was like, why does your face look so weird? Why does your face look so weird? Genetics. <laughs> mm. Okay. <laughs> but no, that I mean, I think this whole movie was like I said. Kevin Costner was a tofu. Just he's the guy who plays Robin Hood, and you're gonna get the Robin Hood flavor off of him. Everybody else carries the the meat and potatoes of this movie. 
you know, if it's uh, Brian Blessed or if it's Michael McShane showing up as uh, Friar Tuck, who was fantastic, you know, singing his ass off on the back of that cart. I mean, that's when I was enjoying the movie. Then Costner shows up and like, oh, here he is, you know, cardboard lead saying his lines to get the get us to the next plot point. And now Morgan Freeman is fighting with that giant scimitar of his again. And Christian Slater is glaring and, you know, all that other fun stuff is going on. But it, I don't think any moment that I enjoyed this movie had anything to do with Kevin Costner being in it. And Christian yeah. Slater was just bad in this movie. Yeah, he I wasn't can't. great. But he had oh, good no, hair. He was bad. He's he's bad in a very '90s blockbuster way. Like you see those parodies <laughs> of if you made this movie in '91, uh, this is how it would look, and these are the stars that would be in it. This is actually that movie. Yeah. See, I smiled through this whole thing. Yeah, I did too. I think the only reason I smiled on this is because Laura. Uh, had seen this twice in the theaters and it's like a good, bad movie that she likes to watch or has had liked to watch. So she knew, you know, scenes from it and stuff that made it fun. But if I was, would have been watching it on my own. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sarah realized she barely had to watch this because she'd seen it so many times that she was able to wander through the room and like talk along with the dialogue as she was passing (laughs) through. That's awesome. They should watch it together. Drive-by movie quotes. Drive-by movie quotes. No, I agree with Josh on this one. It's fun. It's cotton candy. It's a summer blockbuster from 1991, and it is super dated. And just from who's in it, the stupid hairdos. Honestly, I thought Alan Rickman's hair was amazing. I thought everything Alan Rickman did in this movie was amazing. and. It's a Robin Hood movie. It's the closest we could get in the 90s to swashbuckling. Yeah, And I'm with you, Mike. And that doesn't mean I disagree with uh, Joel and Pat when they say it wasn't good. Because it's not good, but I don't like – I liked it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good, but it – I mean, good and fun are not necessarily – have to be hand-in-hand hand for something. I kind of feel the same way about this movie like I feel when I watch Con Air. It's like, this is not quality movie in any way, but I'm still grinning through it at how kind of dumb it is, but like, it's committing to a very particular, like, this is how movies were made at this place in time, whether they should have been or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing about Con Air, a couple things that I enjoy about it. One, Con Air was the first movie that Susie and I saw in the theater for right after we moved into George, moved down to Georgia. So I remember seeing it at the theater and seeing that huge Con Air cardboard stand up and, you know, all that. I mean, but it's in the same, you're right. It's in the same genre of movie. It's this nineties, the nineties blockbuster. Yeah. They're corny. They're kind of shitty in terms of the acting. They're kind of cringy in places, but like it didn't ruin the experience for me. Am I going to say it held up? No, I'm not going to say that. But it wasn't nearly enough for me to give it a thumbs down. Right. See, Con Air I enjoyed because it was fun. It was it was kinetic. It was moved. It 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 was enjoyable. This was clunky and slow and just 
didn't have that thing. Because there's, you know, you can make a terrible movie as long as it's fun and you have a good time and it's never boring, then you mm-hmm. can you can get a pass. I, I wasn't bored. I had a good time. and Yeah. By yeah. those criteria, I think that Mike and I are just on the other side of that wall from you. Yep. Yeah. And I'm on the other side of the wall from all of you because I don't even like Con Air. That movie sucks ass. Oh. <laughs> Come on. John Cusack and Sandals. That movie's horrible. We've been over this before. Yeah, we have. It's got the whole world in his hands, Pat. Drop the bunny. Jesus. Put the bunny back in the box. That's pretty good, both of you. Wow. So, so uh, I, I mean... I... Didn't expect Nick Cage impersonations to be popping up on this show, but I'll take it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I don't know it, how much I have to say about this beyond that. Uh, I, the uh, Mortiana, Geraldine McEwen, was not good. The witch? No. Yeah, her, her performance uh, struck me as maybe the most like, ooh. Yeah, oh, okay, I, got a little... I remember that. A little rapey at the end, didn't it? Little? He was well, literally that... going to rape her. Yeah, Ooh, was, she's right. No, yeah, there, were, there was no subtlety there. there, yeah. well, there he, that was he... a bit of the whole you can't rape your wife thing. So as long as, you know, that, that whole justification. So as long as they got married beforehand, it was going to be fine. I'm like, no, that's a very, very outdated concept too now. <laughs> and he spreads her legs and they do like the brang sound or whatever to make it like funny. I'm like, they not... didn't, I didn't hear a brang sound. There was no, no. brang sound. Yeah, there, there was... was not, Joel. I mean, are you thinking about that whoop, like in the James Bond movie when they jumped the lake in that one? The the slide whistle noise? Is that what you were expecting? Something like that. Maybe one of the dogs hit one of those door stoppers when Joel was watching the movie. And just went, oh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Maybe I just was or maybe just Joel just hears that in his head every time a woman spreads her legs. I mean, I do have permanent tinnitus, so it could just be the ringing in my ears. Yeah, it could be, could be, it really could be. Now there were parts that were cut out there because if you notice like the actual rape scene, God, dude, the, the full penetration rape scene that was cut. Robin Hood, I spit on your grave. Is that what you're thinking of? That was Christian actually Slater. between Nick Brimble and Michael McShane, though. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I, was I, I spit Slater. on your forest. <laughs> <laughs> but did Winner. you notice at the end when uh, Sheriff is – they're fighting and his shirt is open. He's got all those burn scars all over his chest. Mm-hmm. There were cut scenes explaining where he got those from and then the discovery that the witch is actually his mother. Huh. So there was more. There could have been more. And that's actually kind of cool. I would have, you know, especially when he's talking about. Wait, the the version little... I watched, that scene was in there where she'd explained that he, she was his mother. Oh, then maybe he had the, because I, I didn't watch the extended version. Did yeah, you get I the three-hour director's cut? Ooh. I don't know. I watched whatever version was on the janky website I use. So. You watched the extended? I didn't realize you were such a fan, man. Yeah. Jeez. It was two and a half hours without extensions. Yeah, I don't need title of your sex tape. I was gonna say. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'll All right. it. I'm calling it too. I think I think we we once we hit the Nick Cage impersonations, I think we're done with this side. <laughs> okay. All right. And if you think that was fun, when we come back, we're gonna talk about the twenty eighteen Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> For the now. Yeah. <laughs> fire! Fire! 
I remember I was talking with Sarah about it after we watched it. What are they mining? Fire! <laughs> All right. What everybody's been waiting for. Robin Hood. Prince of Explosions 2018, a war-hardened crusader and his Moorish commander mount an audacious revolt against the corrupt English crown. Um, 2018, a new take on Robin Hood, was directed by Otto Bathurst who has done such things as four episodes of the TV show Urban Gothic, the TV three episodes of the TV show Teachers, some criminal justice, the episode National Anthem from Black Mirror, I don't know, that one, Peaky Blinders, a couple episodes, and then something called The Shoreditch Twat. Now, I'm sorry, what? Exactly, that's what I did. The Shoreditch Twat. It was a TV movie about a magazine that was making fun of this area of Great Britain called Shoreditch, which was the artsy-fartsy, kind of like hipster area. And it was like a national lampoon of the justice area. And it lasted a few years. And that's, that's what the Shoreditch twat was. It was like the British National Lampoon. Uh, and Mike, the national anthem is the very first episode of Black Mirror that if you can get through that episode, the rest is smooth sailing. Is that the pig one? Yep. Oh, well, that explains oh. a lot. That's the very first episode. Yeah. And episode one, season one. Yep. Yeah. So the sh- this sh- <laughs> shortage twat, it's, it's. You dated her, Pat, didn't you? And her sister. And scene. Also, <laughs> some writing. This one we have Ben Chandler, who is known for his work on Robin Hood. And David James Kelly, who is known for his work on Robin Hood. And something called Straw Man. About Straw Man. A drug dealer, drug, drug runner or something like that. I think we may have identified the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a... Just one. We've also got Taryn Edgerton as Robin of Loxley. Jamie Foxx as Yaha or ya- John. Ben Mendelsohn. And just a step to the left from his work in the for the First Order as the Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> He's always wearing the same outfit, to be honest. I know. He was just missing the badges. That's what... It was literally the same outfit. They just took off all the badges. Uh, Eve Hewson... As Marion. Now, do you know who who her dad is? No. Bono. Mike Houston. No, Bono. Huh. Bono Houston? Okay. Yep. Jesus. Okay. I'm putting. <laughs> Where's the notebook? I got to find the notebook. I got to tell you how many times I'm going to kick you in the nuts next time I see you. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Jamie Dornan as Will Tillman, Tim Minchin as Friar Tuck who apparently was in the wrong movie. 
him and he Russell Brand. He was that's great. Why, that's why he was in the wrong. He movie. was in the wrong movie. It's like somebody told him. Somebody apparently he thought he was in the Mel Brooks version because he was the only entertaining thing about this. Oh, him and Russell Brand need to do a movie together. I would actually Ron watch that. Brothers. Yeah. There we go. Remake of Twins. Uh, oh. Paul Anderson as Guy of Gisborne. F. Murray Abraham from Left Field as the Cardinal. Bad toupee. Yeah. Ian Peck as Archdeacon and Cornelius Booth as Lord Pembroke. Some trivia on this one. So that shooting for this film was postponed so that Taron Edgerton could film Kingsman the Golden Circle first. The director wanted him so badly that they decided to postpone the filming so he could still play the title character. Golden Circle. Yeah. So much better than this. Well, it had Elton John. Kicking ass. We we will get back. To, I'll circle around to that. <laughs> I, I want to return to this point once we're through the trivia. Okay. Okay. Now, there's quotes on this one, but YouTube sensation... Lars Anderson of Denmark. Uh, who doesn't love Lars Anderson of Denmark? Was hired to teach the cast archery. He is famous for creating a YouTube video where he dis- demonstrates extraordinary archer- archery skills, earning him the nickname 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 Patty nickname Pattywhack. Give a dog a bone. Give, give that frog alone. <laughs> in, in nickname real life Legolas. I don't. Okay. I, I didn't know who he was till you got to real life Legolas. Okay, and that took forever. <laughs> All right. Nick, Most notably, Nick, Nick, Nick knife. He is known for being able to hit incoming arrows in flight and shoot and hit three marks while performing a single jump from the ground. Uh, to increase his speed, he uses an ancient technique that requires him to shoot with his draw and not cross the arrow on the bow like modern archers do. And this technique is used by Robin in the film. I don't know yeah. what that means. I actually do. Uh, but it's just because Sarah is, like, has a bow yeah. and has practiced and I've shot a few arrows. Which is which is a question I have for you later on. Does that mean he pulls the string back before he knocks the arrow? Well, I mean, you're not crossing the arrow on the bow. You're not, like, lining it up before you shoot. And that, I, I can see why... That's a super difficult, and b why it would increase your speed so much. Oh, because so you're, you're not kind of like, like aiming as you're pulling the arrow in. Yeah, like you're not like setting your arrow at a ninety degree angle from the knock line on the bow. Oh, okay. and that's something you have to do, or at least I thought you had to do. Wow, so he's just like basically firing from a, without, yeah, just just using the string. Yeah, shooting with his draw. He's yeah, like, as he's putting the arrow down, he's pulling back and firing immediately. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, That's... Joel's lost skin off his inner arm. <laughs> Joel has no ear. <laughs> Ow! Ow! I'm bleeding. Um, Call Nick Knife. <laughs> uh, as po- Nottingham is a city full of horses, the film's production also required a number of well-trained horses able to negotiate tight turns. Trainer Laszlo Johaz oversaw a team of more than 70 horses, including a magnificent black Frisian ridden by the Sheriff of Nottingham and the Castano of Robin Hood, a 13-year-old purebred Spanish, known for, a breed known for its elegance, intelligence, and lush mane. Now pair this oh. up with this trivia. 
Taron Edgerton is so afraid of horse riding that he did not ride horses in this film in any single scene <laughs> that he stated in an interview later, which kind of like encapsulates the whole movie. I'm with you, Taron. I'm with you. What? I don't like horses. Why don't you like horses? They're giant. They're super smart. They're fucking strong, and they could kill you in a heartbeat. And they eat monkeys. <laughs> they do not eat monkeys. <laughs> what? <laughs> They most certainly can and have eaten smaller animals, yeah. Like monkeys. Yeah. Like a small <laughs> enough Straight out of trees. Josh, you go, you go back to the Golden Circle. I'm looking up some horse and monkey okay. trivia. The thing about the difference between this film and either the Golden Circle or A Knight's Tale, which this also reminded me of, is that this has the same, we don't care about historical accuracy, we're just going to be fun, only it forgot to be fun. Mm-hmm. But one thing it did not forget is to be cool, and that's you know you know how I love things that are just done just for cool's sake, and that's I this mean, whole it, movie. It was beautiful. It was well yep. shot. The action scenes were fun, but like the actors, aside from Tim Minchin, did not seem to be having fun. Well, it it was at the, like the beginning of the film. I I turned to Laura and I was like. This apparently they were trying to make this like the opening of Saving Private Ryan, but with bows and arrows, uh, because that's exactly what it was kind of like. And yeah, it was pretty to look at, um, for sure. Uh, I just, yeah, I had I had tried, a thought and I lost it. They tried to do the comic book framing device at the beginning and the end, and try and tell you, okay, don't take this too seriously. We're making a live action comic book, but. <laughs> The problem is, is it took itself so fucking seriously. Yeah, that it took itself it, seriously, yeah. For sure. And it amplified all of the stuff that was ridiculous about the script. Like, mm -hmm. if it had been tongue-in-cheek, I actually think this would have been a good movie. If it had been a little more Starship Troopers? It, yeah. If it had been more parody, like tongue-in-cheek parody, it, I think it would have been much better. Yeah, if you had borrowed more from A Knight's Tale than just the we're going to bolt random conventions onto a classic story, like taking that sense of, hey, we're having fun with ourselves and with this material, don't take it too seriously, this would have been legitimately good. Well, I did read into, I mean, I went into a little bit of a rabbit hole on this one. One of the things that I did see is that they were talking about the thirds. They wanted one-third to be historical, one-third to be modern, and one-third to be futuristic. They wanted this, 100% like, of it to be crap. Right. <laughs> Another issue I had was, like, in the until the sheriff of Nottingham, like, orders his men to burn down the peasants' houses, I don't think he did anything wrong. It, it seemed like they were trying to portray him as almost caught in a bad situation and not totally a bad guy until that moment. Right. I mean, he's he's got this war going on. I mean, he's in the very beginning, up until the point where he's burning down, before he says to burn down the, the villages. Yeah. You know what he's doing? His job. Second of all, I'm just saying. He's a little zealous in it. He's a little I mean, over-enthusiastic about it and his speeches for the war effort and all that. And, you know, oh, my God, you know, he, he uh, conscripted the Robin Hood's uh, castle and all that. For the war effort, because he thought he was dead. What? Well, yeah, but when you take someone's land, you don't leave it. And that's why I said, well, when you take someone's land, 
You don't leave it empty and let it fall to ruin. You use it. Well, that, I think, was more of the writer's idea. I think that was a writing problem, not a – I think that was an oversight on their, on their part. Well, that's the thing is the character is a function of the writers. And I was just like, why would you do this? You make somebody angry and you don't even gain any financial benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. Like you're literally just stealing this land and letting it turn into a ruin. And I couldn't understand why Jamie Foxx, Yaha, John, why did he follow him home? For revenge for his son? No. He gets because when he gets there, he's not looking for the man who killed his son, who beheaded his son. He's looking to disrupt the the money flow. It, he, it didn't make he sense. He decided that after he got back. He just he knew that he wanted to stop wars altogether, and he felt that Robin Hood was his best chance. Well, and because he was the getting... first one he saw that that fought mm-hmm. against his his own son getting killed. And we're Sorry. getting kind of ahead of ourselves here, but. Uh, this kind of brings one of the things I had a super huge problem with that uh, gets nearer to the ending. There were some ideas in here that were interesting, but regardless of how you feel about uh, protests against police and police violence against protesters, co-opting the riot shields, making the guards at the end looking like cops, and the army of people looking like uh, protesters. Looking like straight-up Antifa. It was fucking gross. Like, however you feel about that politically, like, co-opting that for a movie, uh, no. Don't do that, ever. uh, It was was far too obvious... I'm sorry, Mike, to step over here real quick. This will be a real quick point. It was far too obvious that whoever wrote this movie was trying to make a political statement instead of just doing a Robin Hood movie. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and I was going to comment even even to the point where the bows and arrows and things that the um, the guards were carrying at the end suddenly everybody has super rapid fire action crossbows, which I don't understand at all. Uh, they look like straight up guns. Yeah, yeah, and their and, armor and, looked like modern armor. Yeah. Right, and that's the thing is they were taking the like this is something we see in the news and using it to make an entertainment product that would make them money. And, like, whatever side of the issue you're on, that's gross. And Robin Hood is not a political statement movie. I mean, it is to an effect, but it's not a modern political statement movie. Yeah, that, it's, 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 a, it's a basic truth to power, you know, the poor versus the rich story. It's not a, you know, a, a GOP versus, you know, leftist story. It's not a rioters versus protesters story. It's no, a, it's a good versus a, bad yeah, and it's a cl- it's a class warfare story more than anything. Yeah, and that's the thing is you could say once you bring in the like wealth versus the downtrodden, it's inherently political, but that doesn't mean you need to borrow the iconography of what's going on in our country now and cheapen it. Right. Like I I was super uncomfortable about that. And they never really just established like what period of time this movie was in that was just kind of an annoying thing to me all along it's like they were trying to be medieval but they were also trying to be modern and they were trying to be be from from the you know the, the 1400s and the 1600s and the and, 1800s and, and the 2243 yeah it yeah, seemed like, it's like futuristic it, at times yeah there was just so many weird things about this movie that they just didn't know where what direction they were going at any point and my biggest takeaway from this movie the whole time was it felt way too much like they were just basically trying to turn Robin Hood into a modern day movie action hero, a la you know Jason Bourne. 
Oh yeah. And it had a it had, it had a very for a while that trading montage had a very Batman Begins feels to it. It it was a hundred percent Batman. Bo- uh, guy goes off to war, comes back. His love has been lost to somebody else. He trains with somebody else. I mean, it, it was almost like they took the Batman script, uh, the plot line, just erased Batman from it. Yeah, and I mean, they turned him from a guerrilla fighter into in, in, into basically a Jason Bourne type fighter with arrows. Yeah. Sorry, Joel. Go ahead. And how about the balls on those guys to uh, set up uh, Christian Grey to be the bad guy that they're planning on having a sequel? Right. Well, see, that was one of the things I thought that was interesting is the Will Scarlet as the Sheriff of Nottingham that we know. Like, okay, once we're at the end, this is the story of the Robin Hood we know. But there were so many sins before that. And it was funny when Sarah and I were watching this, we were like, okay, we've got A Knight's Tale. Batman was one of the other things we called out. And uh, Hunger Games. Oh, yeah. And it's like these are all things that we like, but when you take elements from them and mash them into this without a whole lot of forethought, like I didn't have a whole lot of problems with a lot of the acting. Like I felt that Taron Edgerton and Jamie Foxx did as best they could with the script that was in front of them. There were some bad performances. Ben Mendelsohn was not great. Uh, Paul Anderson was not great. But like... you just rip all these things apart and put this patchwork Frankenstein cloak together. And, and like, they're, they're setting up for this sequel, and I'm just, where they're like, okay, now we're going to continue on with Robin Hood as you know him. And I'm just like, well, I don't really care what you're going to do with the Robin Hood story as I know it if I, you can't even handle the origin story. Yeah, and this was original, the first title for this was actually Robin Hood Origins. Yeah, and it's just you've you've made Robin Hood a character that I really just I don't care about. Yeah, like I really there were some legitimately cool action scenes and some the the uh the set work, the costumes, the Oh uh, yeah, the action scenes were fantastic. I mean a lot of that guy Richie type feel to it. Yeah. Yeah, the cinematography and the stunts were great, yeah. Was I mean, yeah, beautiful. And <laughs> one question I have is what what timeline has bow and arrow technology advanced? Right. So that that uh, ten shot rapid fire. Wood. The <laughs> fucking bazooka. The <laughs> arrow bazooka. One razor blade of an arrow can just shred wood like it's like, like it's a fucking armor piercing <laughs> round. Like, so at the very beginning when it came around the corner, I was expecting them to like. I first saw that thing they had up there. I was expecting it just to be like a ballista. Right. Just we're just gonna shoot one big arrow, one big arrow. That'll get everybody. Well, when they're in the ta- the square and they're all you know doing their thing, trying to towards the end of the movie, and the guy puts the thing on his shoulder and it's this big giant tube with like twenty arrows in it. I'm like, fucking a, is that a bazooka? And then he yep. goes, Poof, and they just all go flying out. I'm like, one shot, you're done. That, uh, but the other thing that was that was up in the tower, that was kind of cool, unrealistic. Like- but kind the of cool. Gatling bazooka, or yeah. the Gatling uh, crossbow, the Gatling bow, yes. it yeah. was kind of cool. And I, other thing that I found was actually pretty amazing is that um, uh, Crusade archer team move like SEAL, uh, SEAL Team Six. Yeah, oh. modern modern day warfare. Yeah, I know. I was expecting them to start Tactics. doing the hand signals, and I'm like, you know, right? 
right off right off the bat, I'm calling bullshit on this movie. And they start talking about he's on your six. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Why are the mines there? Also, we talked about it before the yeah. break. One for fire. And two for mine carts, which definitely weren't a fucking thing during the crusade. Well, but, but, and you don't need mine carts when you're mining for fire. Right. <laughs> what's What's funny is uh, what I found funny when before this had come out, we went to go see another movie in the theater, and the trailer came on. And during the trailer, one of my kids turns it and whispers to me, "This is in the theater, like." Why, with all the remakes, do they have to have explosions everywhere? <laughs> and I noticed that you titled this Robin Hood Prince of Explosions. There was a fuck ton of explosions for the time that well, this was supposed to take explosion place. Explosion has a lot of kids to feed. He needs work. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad to see he's he's working. But, man, I, they put him to the test. I mean, this there was a series of games that was super popular called the Thief Games, where oh, you yeah. took an archer and you had this sort of like steampunk like anachronistic level of technology and it felt like they were trying to go for this that sort of feel but they went too far and once again like thief taking itself seriously as a game is one thing but this as a film like it just it didn't work for me like tim minchin i loved his performance and I felt like if everyone had taken their cues from him, this would have been such a better movie. Mm-hmm. And not taking itself as seriously. That's the thing is like he seemed to be the only one who was having a good time. Yeah. Hello, Ben Mendelsohn. Yes. Can you come over and do this? Do what you did for Star Wars? Just here? Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. I'm free. Yeah. And when, since when? I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm an expert at this time period level of governmental. Yeah, you are. You told me that yesterday. <laughs> governmental stature. You brag about that all the time. I, right? I'm trying to play it down. Play you wrote it. a book about it. You're like, oh my I'm God, I'm trying not to brag. But Nottingham at this time was like the size of my subdivision. Well, and it was a county, not a city. Uh, yeah. Sarah made this point is like, that's the reason it has a sheriff. He's a county sheriff. The fact that they made it this big city that was the bank for the church makes uh, no okay. sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Well, it could Stuff just be like... the seat of government there of the county, possibly. Yeah, but then why is it a sheriff? Why is it not a mayor? Right. Yeah, for being the sheriff, there were, it seemed like there were some people missing above <laughs> him. Yeah, there should also be a mayor for sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Because it went from it went from like county? Guy of Gisborne to the sheriff. Almost seems to like the, the cleaners. Origi- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the original writer like didn't necessarily understand how fiefdom works, and so and he didn't do any research back in like the 1600s or whatever the hell he wrote when this was originally written. Yeah, because and he just like I don't know. We got we got a, a king and what else? Uh, a sheriff, I guess. Maybe there's an earl somewhere. Well, I mean, if they left out Prince John in this, well, if they had they- just made Ben Mendelsohn Prince John and worked downward, that would have made a little bit more sense. And they left out Little John. I think they're like, shit, we forgot to cast Little John. Well, fuck, make Azim and Little John the same character because of reasons. Yeah, I was confused at that. Because I saw that, I'm like, wait, what? That's not how it goes. I'm I'm glad I wasn't crazy. I mean, a little crazy. No, it was a decision. It was weird because this is clearly mostly inspired by Prince of Thieves, which is why I think this is an appropriate comparison. 
because like the Azim character is most prominent in Prince of Thieves, and that's kind of who Jamie Foxx was playing. But they just randomly decided to name him Little John, and like the fact that he was a Moor who everybody was fighting against in the Crusades was conveniently forgotten every time he had to wander through the city and do something. Right. I mean, even in Prince of Thieves, they wrapped up Aziz in those rags and called him a leper just to keep people from interacting with him. And they had right. plenty of interactions where people didn't like him, you know, which was few and far between in this movie, unless they just were treating him like a common beggar. And that was the thing, is John was just, like, out doing stuff. Like, he actually pulled the, like, bump and pickpocket somebody. It's like, no, that doesn't happen because they're at war with the Moors, so somebody kills him when he bumps into a guy. Mm-hmm. Or you just don't even get that close to somebody. Right. It's like, oh, shit, it's a Moor. Shoot him. We'll have no more of that. Dude. I mean, what were you expecting? I Fire. Yeah, and and to throw back to uh, Prince of Thieves, one of my one of the moments where I did laugh out loud and had forgotten about it is when Robin goes to see Maid Marian and leaves Aziz and his um, uh, the blind guy. What was his Dudley? name? Duncan. 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 Le- whatever. Yeah, <laughs> leaves Duncan outside and he's like, "Oh, those bloody Moors." Yeah, oh, yeah that was kind of yeah. <laughs> it was like. Oh, what kind of name is that? Is that Irish? Moorish. And then Duncan's just, just a Duncan's, oh. <laughs> For some reason, that made me giggle. But, uh, but no, this, this movie attempted to, it could have been fun. Fun. It could have been fun, or they could have not used the name Robin Hood and just made an action adventure movie that takes place in this weird kind of Pan Am future. Shooty McArchery. <laughs> no, it's it's just a, I think just an overused idea. And and what are they trying to get? Like, oh yeah, you know what the kids are really into now in 2018? Archery, Robin Hood. Oh, he shoots arrows just like uh, Kate, uh, Kate, not Caitlin, Katniss. Katniss? Katniss, Katniss does. Oh, and that's one one more of this conglomerate. They love Batman. Let's put Batman in there. I mean, like Batman. Oh, and they like archery, so we'll do archery too. You know, it's it, it's it, too many spices in the pot. So, Pat, question: Which was the part you hated most? <laughs> oh, uh... did you have a part that you hated most? He has to, because I know I know his hate meter when watching a movie. Sometimes it'll go up, sometimes ah. it'll down. Yeah, I guess. Um... Yeah. I gotta be. It was probably the opening scene. It was just so like, um, it, it, I don't, I don't yeah. know how to describe it, but like what Josh was saying earlier is like they're trying to set this whole tone with it and everything, and it was just one of those things. It was so overtly trying so hard to be what it was trying to be that it just kind of annoyed me so much, and it started the whole movie off on a tone that I knew I wasn't gonna like it. Can I? Can Does that I make sense? My... Like, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, like I just it 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 it, it, it did not feel effortless in any kind of way. I was this like, movie, felt like this movie is a tryhard. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I was like, this movie's going to be full of all kinds of ooh, ain't it so cool shots and everything. And I was like, I know I'm going to hate this. Sorry, Joel, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say I, I'd like to throw my hat in the ring for this. You you know, at the end of uh, shows back in the 80s or the 90s, 
at the end of an t- episode of a TV show, like they'd all high five and then freeze frame. Yeah. No. There, the scene after they uh, hang up Nottingham by the neck and John and uh, Robin are, are walking out of the church or whatever it was. I was just expecting them to like high five and it freeze frame with him hanging in the background. That like, was oh, like we just murdered a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was an awful scene. It was it just was, bad. Yeah, it was well framed, but it was a little cool. Guys walking away from explosions. Yeah, but they just straight up murdered the guy, and they're like, Haha, "Let's go high five. Now my my moment of eyes rolling so fast and so hard that I almost got whiplash was when they blew the hole in the ground and Mer- uh, Robin takes the arrow shot to the chest, which he apparently getting shot almost directly in the heart. He can just shrug off, which is cool for him, I guess. But when Marion stops... Everyone else in the world dies from one arrow even, you know, coming near them. But he, he, yeah. yeah, he well, takes... see, he had plot armor equipped. <laughs> oh, right. That's... See? People had plot armor. They'd survive more of these movies. Um... When they stop and they have that, she's pulling the arrow out and they have that kiss, you know, she's like, look away. Oh, I'll never look away. That sort of thing. And the whole time I'm going, dude, the guy who just shot you is literally reloading. And you're stopping and having this romantic moment. But then again, I'm thinking in this movie, the guy up top may be like, hold on, guys. Wait, wait. They're kissing. Let them. Yeah. And, and, and we just burned half of the face of Harvey Dent. I mean, Will. <laughs> yeah, the guy, the sniper in the tower is just going, yeah, no kiss. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> Shit, it was a lisp that got me. <laughs> no kiss. Kiss her, yeah. And then Guy Gisborne also could have potentially been a good villain. But he was a villain in the in pre credits, you know the pre title Robin Hood that and like when you're the part that you hated Pat and doesn't then doesn't show up until the third act. So that could have made sense if they had, if they had had John, if they, if Jamie Fox had followed Guy overseas and then just managed to pair up with Robin. That would have made more sense versus, hey, this guy who killed my son suddenly has shown up. Anyway. And that transition <laughs> from the Crusades to England was one of the biggest problems because you got this combination of a guy who just attacked a bunch of Crusaders because of his own like beliefs and then a, a prisoner are both allowed to walk away from that situation millions of miles, not uh, thousands of miles away from England and get on a boat. No. Like, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen because Robin would be dead for treason immediately. I mean, that, especially because he took a uh, arrow to the gut immediately after that and shrugged that off. That's called the Aria. Yeah, they don't let you just go home and then forget about the prisoner who... Uh, you interceded on his behalf. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah. <sighs> but if it doesn't happen, then the movie can't happen. Mm. So. I mean, you're suggesting that the writers would have to write something else, and that's just not going to happen. <laughs> I-, I hope they don't. Huh? Because, I- th- like, the filming of this, the acting was not the problem. It really was the writing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's see. Ben Chandler, what have you got on the horizon? Show us what you've got. Yeah. <laughs> he he currently has Robin Hood. David James Kelly. Joel. Yes. I was waiting for you to do show me what I got again, but that's show okay. us what you've got. Uh nothing since Robin Hood. Well, there is some justice. <laughs> And what about the, what about old Otto? Show us what you've got. Otto has. Ooh, ooh! I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. Post production, two episodes of Halo. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested in the show. I'm interested too, but he also did two episodes of His Dark Materials, and I know you like that, Josh. Yeah, I watched the whole first season and started the second, so. Yeah. And Peaky Blinders is actually pretty damn good. It is. So. Well. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've shit on this. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. <laughs> okay. Just had to get one more in. At least we give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down? Mm-hmm. I think it's obvious, but let's do it. Yeah. Patrick. Thumbs down, thumbs down. <laughs> wow. You don't say. <laughs> Quick draw there, buddy. Who could have seen this twist of events coming? I mean, it's not like a hardcore thumbs down for the first one because of Alan Rickman, but yeah, other than that, uh, it's just a boring movie. And the remake, the, the re-whatever, the, the Jason Bourne, Batman, Robin, Robin Wayne thing. Robin Wayne. The Robin Thicke thing, you know. <laughs> just, just, no, it just wasn't good. Blair. I don't. I mean, I don't even really have a whole lot more to say about that. Other, you know, I mean, the writing was just horrible. The, the worst part of the movie, the cinematography, the stunts, the, you know, the acting wasn't even really all that bad. It just, the whole movie was just, it was just a hodgepodge of crap. Hodgepodge of crap. Cornucopia of shit. Ew. All right, Joel. Uh, thumbs down on the original. Uh, if, thumbs you... down on the new one. You know, if the new one and the old one, like, made out for a while and had a baby, maybe it would have been better on both parts. I'm going to foresee into the future. Josh, you are thumbs up, thumbs down. You're correct. And I was almost thumbs up, thumbs up. But, like, I, the, the new one... Oh, it, it just went too far. If it had just had a little fun with itself, I could have forgiven its other myriad sins to say this was a flawed movie that I had fun with. It took I, it itself not... too seriously for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was painful to watch, and it didn't have to be. It right. was so close to being good or okay. Yeah, it was close to being all right. And it it didn't, like, like I said, it's, I mean, outside of... Uh, Friar Friar Tuck, you know if I who I don't know who said it, but if everybody had just approached us like Tim Minchin and just done it a little bit tongue in cheek, it would have been a lot better. But uh, sorry, Tim Minchin. Um, yeah, I'm thumbs up, thumbs down on the same one, same as Josh. 
So, uh, if you have your favorite Robin Hood movie that you wish we'd talked about instead of one of these two, I want to hear about it. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yeah, and I just realized where I've seen Tim mentioned before. He was in Californication. Oh, yeah, and his, like, he does some uh, songs that are great. Uh, His stand-up's good. Like, uh, Like, if nothing else... You should take away from this an appreciation for Tim Minchin. Yeah, I'll have to look up look him up some more. But uh, yeah, if again, like I said, if you're looking for more of our back catalog of shows, you can find them on your favorite podcast app, such as Podbean or Pandora. You can give us a thumbs up over there. If you enjoy the show, we'd love to hear about us. You can leave us a review on Apple, Google, Amazon, or on Podchaser. Uh, you can also support the show through the Kofi link in the show notes and help us keep hosting costs at bay. And if again, if you want to join us on Discord, please do. We always yes. are looking for more people to chat with, and it is lively. And discussion goes from conveniently coolly cool swapping uh, recipes to what the hell moments. Also, so it's fun. Join our Discord. You'll never be alone again. It's a fun community. It is. Yeah. And Joel, what do we have? Oh, yeah. And if you have other questions you want us to talk about for uh, from our 400 show, you know. If we're yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention that. In the show notes, also, there is a link to a Google form where you guys can either ask us a question in text, type it out, or if you want to leave us a voicemail, uh, you can just upload a uh, voice recorder off your phone and send that to us. Yeah, so we may continue doing this question thing. If we don't have voicemails, we'll just ask a random question. It's fun. Uh, so what's coming up? Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Dungeons & Dragons cartoon versus the recently released Legend of Vox Machina. Uh, we're going to be doing an entire month of Oscar-related films. Nightmare Alley, the original versus uh, the remake. West Side Story, 101 Dalmatians versus Cruella, and the show itself. Uh, we're going to talk about Death on the Nile, Plan 9 from Outer Space, and Jackass slash Pranks. we got a lot coming up. I know. How did we get so, like, efficient tonight? Drugs? Rum? Works no drugs? Me. Yeah. All right, everybody. We will be back soon. And <laughs> that's, uh... been, that's been the secret to my success. <laughs> drugs. Success. I hope you could hear those air quotes. Ac- yes, accent on the suck. Yes, I heard it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, Ray. Right. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Sounds kind of neat, actually. <laughs> now do patience. No, I just got stuck in my head because the whole time I was watching these, I was wishing I was watching the Walt Disney Robin Hood. Wait for me. Wait for me.